Hello, it is Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022, the birth of a brand new NFL team. There's some litigation going on against the NFL for its hiring practices. And we're just a week and a half away from the Super Bowl. I mean, let's have a Wednesday. We got Darius Butler. He obviously stopped by to chit-chat about all things happening in the NFL with the litigation through his perspective. I'm very thankful for him doing as such. Will Compton stopped by, obviously, the boy. I got a chance to be on Bustin' with the boys today. We chatted about that and football as a whole. A.J. Hawk is here. Al Michaels is here, front of the show, talking about his future, the boys. I mean, I can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day. If you enjoy this, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not... You know, just, I guess, act like it never happened. Let's go. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about. Brian Flores, former head coach of the Miami Dolphins and assistant of the New England Patriots, is filing a class action lawsuit against the NFL due to racial profiling in the coaching searches and other mistreatments throughout the entire process of becoming a head coach. There's a lot of different reports coming out. He did a sit-down interview with Get Up this morning and CBS. There's a lot to digest, and there's a lot of things being said that could potentially make the NFL have to really show their entire ass through this entire process. If you think through the entire head coaching hiring circle, we've only heard that people hire their friends. And a lot of their friends apparently are not black coaches because there's only one black coach currently in the NFL. Brian Flores is bringing up alarming situations that he said he has been through and has experienced that I don't think any of us could have expected. And also he mentioned in there that Stephen Ross was offering to pay him a $100,000 bonus to lose games during the season. So, Brian Flores told him that's never going to happen because that's not the way he was wired, is what he said on Get Up to the owner of the Miami Dolphins who was asking him to tank so they could get a higher draft position. There's a lot of shit to this, and the NFL is going to have to answer each and every single one of them individually because the racism in the coaching practice, that is its own massive ordeal. Massive ordeal, especially whenever you're talking about a league that has you know, a high percentage of African-Americans versus what? I was a minority in my workplace whenever I worked in the NFL. So that is the thing that the NFL will have to figure out, should have already figured out, and they will have to do this publicly with this class action lawsuit happening and a lot of big names joining alongside Brian Flores. Now, the $100,000 tanking fee is an entirely another situation, especially with sports gambling happening, the integrity of the league, the integrity of competition, the integrity of everything from the top, all the way at the top, all the way down. That's another ginormous thing that is going to get have to get figured out publicly, I'd assume, at this case, especially if there's two lawyers who... Listen, I got a lot of respect for Brian, Brian Flores. I appreciate what he's doing. Those two lawyers... Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. But they're going to be loud, I think, through this entire thing. And the NFL is going to have to answer all of this. They've already come out and said that they it's without merit, these claims. And that's less than 12 hours after they were even made. So it seems like they already had their ducks in a row for if this was to ever happen, what they would do. It's just they were expecting it. There's the Rooney rule in there that they knew there was a problem. It's not really changed much. So this is all going to take place right in front of all of our eyes. It's one week out from the Super Bowl. The conversation will probably only continue. We will also continue with this conversation with Darius 
Butler joining us in about five to six minutes. A man who just one week ago threw his name into the hat for the coaching defensive coordinator job for the Indianapolis Colts and talked about the hiring practices of coaches. And I actually got a chance to experience former players going into coaching as well. Not just with AQ where everybody will automatically, I think, but I've had a lot of former teammates that have gone into coaching as well. The whole process of becoming a head coach from the player's perspective, all the years, and maybe for some people they get you know, slotted right to the top. But a lot of these guys who try to become coaches, uh, and I'm, I'm only speaking from former teammates that I've seen, so I don't know if this is everywhere, your playing days don't mean shit. Coaching is almost like a union job where you have to go in and it's how long you're there, not really necessarily what you do. You start here, then you go here, then you go here, then you go here. And through those entire processes, you're eating a lot of shit down there at the bottom. And I think a lot of players have got into the coaching and tried to get into the coaching and they did not want to go back to being freshmen in high school, basically, when it comes to football. So I think there is a, a process that could potentially have to be changed through all of this. I think that's what Darius and I will speak about. I think he also has a lot more on his mind because I think he's experienced this a little bit more as he's tried to dabble into the coaching world. I can't wait to chat with him and thankful for him for that. There is breaking news in the NFL today, though, and this is a day that we've been waiting for for, for a couple years. Oh, yeah. Long time. 2-2-22. Oh, yeah. February 2nd, 2022 will be the day that the Washington football team is no longer titled after what it physically is a football team. Washington football team will have a new name February 2nd, 2022. There was, you know, a lot of people prognosticating on what they thought the name would be, what a good name would be. There was Twitter petitions. There was fans in, in different places causing scenes to get names heard and said. And the Red Wolves had an incredibly viral attack early months and months ago, yeah. but they peaked at the wrong time. The name was nowhere near the finish line. So I think it kind of ran its very popular course and went out of there. The Red Tails is something that was gone. Allegedly, the Washington Warriors was potentially a name, but but that was shot down due to it still having some relevance to the Native American community. So there was names that were floating out there and the internet was deciding which one was good, which one wasn't good. And then all of a sudden, Boomer Esiason, the hardest working man in all of the world, came out and said, oh, it's the Admirals. All right. Mm -hmm. I got breaking news. It is the Admirals. <laughs> so then there was an entire conversation about whether or not the Admirals would be a good name. But there was this one company, I think, called Chop Sports Media, who actually had logos and designs for the Commanders just months ago, I think, yeah. tweeting mm -hmm. out that this is going to be the name. And the internet said, there's no way that this company knows exactly what it is. How has the internet figured out this name that has been withheld from, or withheld from us for years almost at this point? Then a news chopper zooms in on a, on a building or on the stadium where it clearly has commanders on it. It's like there's no way they're going to let us find out about this before 2-2-22 with how much has been done with red herrings and buying of patents and trademarks that weren't the case. There's no way we've been able to figure it out this easy. Then we woke up this morning. There was an announcement. And ladies and gentlemen... We are now in the era of the Washington Commies, the red team yeah. in the nation's Hell capital. Yeah. The Washington Commanders are about to take the entire NFL by storm. Did they think about potential repercussions? I assume they had a lot of hard conversations about the Washington Commies being 
referenced as the yeah, Washington yeah. Commies. And the internet has tried its best to figure out what the chance will be for commanders. Commanders mm -hmm. is a tough word, I guess, to fit into chance, says that tone digs and most of the internet. Commies is going to be something that is said mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And I know that, you know, that might be something that some people would be pumped about, which is wild to think about. Mm -hmm. Despicable. Not America, but I mean, people were wild to think about. But the Washington Commanders, if they win, everybody will yep. love it. That's right. Sure. If they lose, everybody will hate it. If the pipes are still dumping poop on them at the games, they're going to hate the name, I would assume. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. But if the Commanders go on to win, this will be described as, do you remember when the rebranding of the Washington Commanders happened? At first, there was uproar. The internet let their jokes fly. Then the Commanders will go on to win eight games, nine games, ten games, eleven games, right. twelve games, right. Right. and go on to be one of the most beloved franchises yet again. Like, that is potentially what's going to happen. Anytime big decisions are made we instantly judge it and obviously hindsight gets a chance to just beat the hell out of our thoughts but commanders was not one uh not one that was a very positive response on the internet this morning but rebranding is always going to be a problem yeah there have been videos actually that have resurfaced of chase young saying oh yeah the commander's name stinks there's no way we're picking that in a previous interview when they're you know going through it all but Fitting commanders into a couple chants. I don't know what no, those easy, fans dude. are going to be doing. Here we go, commanders. Here we go. Here we go, commanders. Here we go. Here we go, commies. Here we go. Here we go, commies. Here we go. I mean, that's easy. That's going to happen. That It's going to happen. It's tough. There's a sleeper cell organization. Hey, no matter what the name. Listen. I mean, that is going to be talked about. I mean, I know the Patriots have a new rival. It's a goddamn commies in the South. <laughs> well, you're going to have the... You're going to have the Cowboys and the commies. Yeah. You yeah. Know, taking each other on. You're talking... You're talking very old school versus, wow, what the fuck is going on school? Mm -hmm. You know? That is going to be interesting. But what if they win? Just like everything else in the NFL. Sure. If you win, nothing matters. The commanders are getting mocked completely right now, as it should. I think there was other names out there that were great. And who knows who ultimately made that decision? Was it Jason Wright? Was it an advertising agency? Was there, you know, so many thoughts that this is one that they put a scoring on? And although one person might have had it as like their fifth favorite, enough people had it like their third favorite, so it connected, collected enough points that mm -hmm. it beat out whatever was potentially a better name. That entire decision-making process, I'm sure we will not find out about or learn about, but I bet it was fucking hell. I yeah. bet it was not a oh, good yeah. time Brutal. at all to come up with a name. Well, and it seemed like the whole time, like a big part of it was like, hey, we're going to get the fans are going to be heavily involved in making this decision. Then you see the response to it. It's like, okay, well, you know. <laughs> they wouldn't have been happy with anything. Yeah, I rebranding so. is impossible. Right. Wolves. Wolves is sick. Hogs, right baby. Hogs. Hogs. Washington thought Wolves. They were do it. You thought on Groundhog's Day, thought it was going to be the Hogs. Oh, you know what? Before we move on. Oh, man. Fuck that Groundhog. Yeah, All right, I want to let everybody uh -huh. know. Punks? Punxsutawney Phil is a piece of shit, yeah. okay? And I know I grew up in Pennsylvania or whatever, and this is a Pennsylvania thing, and it is quite a party from what I heard. Them, them folks out there are hammered at 3 a.m., waiting for this ground rat to come out and yeah. tell us that winners come. No shit, Phil! There's 45 inches on the way yeah. for, like, 15 of the states. <laughs> I'm sick of this fucking rat, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm sick of it. I like the party. I like the good time. But 
No son of a bitch that comes into our life and delivers bad news every single year should right. stick around. This goes against everything I stand for. If you don't like somebody or you don't like something on the internet, unfollow them, unsubscribe them, block them. Somehow we can't do that to this fucking rat that tells us that life's going to be miserable for another six months every single year. Has there ever been a time where the son of a bitch didn't go right back in his hole because he's a coward whenever he sees all these drunk folks early in the morning? Has there ever? I don't remember a single time where this rat has told us good news. I'm sick of it. Not huh? that I can remember. And you know, where's PETA for this kind of stuff? Why Why isn't PETA going Seriously. in there and freeing you know, this guy and getting him the fuck out of here? Well, I, I mean, think this, he lives he the lives greatest life. life. It's a big hustle, though. It's a scam. It's even more so. You ever yeah. seen his condo, dude? He's got a good condo. Well, maybe we think about putting one in between his eyes before next Groundhog. Pew, pew. Okay. I wouldn't mind I don't that. Because I we got, got, got 24 inches one. on the way. Yeah. Feels like he loves the spotlight. And if he had any nuts, he would have told us about COVID before it got here, too. Yeah, how come little punks of Tawny Phil couldn't see a shadow yeah. for that fucking world stoppage? That thing ain't worth a damn. Wasn't mm-hmm. there another hog we found? He's a Staten Island junkyard hog. He yeah. said, oh, hey, yeah. spring's on the way, fucking deal with it. Yeah. And yeah. we appreciate that rat. That was Gus, I think, the second most famous groundhog. Nah, in Gus stinks, too. Anyways, this ain't Phil's fault, but he's terrible at his job. Yeah. Yeah. Remember last... We were rating the COVID, I think, at the beginning, and Punk Tommy Phil was like, "Hey, hate to break it to you, <laughs> but uh, world stopped and there's going to be cold outside." So don't even look at that, Phil. Get the fuck out. Knock it off. Yeah, love the groundhog, but get it. Joining us now, talk about some real news. Actually, yeah, the NFL might be staring down a colossal decision that could affect the rest of the NFL's existence. Brian Flores has filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL about its hiring processes being racist, amongst other claims against the NFL that are not good at all, that will all have to be handled individually. Uh, The $100,000 to lose bonuses from the owner to the coaches, well, that questions the entire integrity of the game. Uh, Teams, in Brian Flores' eyes, clearly interviewing him just to check a box and not considering him at all for a head coaching position before even listening to him, strictly because they are not comfortable with him, which also means they are not comfortable with the color of his skin and leading his organization. Another massive part of this big lawsuit against the NFL, which they are going to have to handle publicly. And, you know, this is a big time. They just signed a $110 billion deal, and the numbers are only going up. Who knows how this ends up? Joining us right now to chat about it, former teammate of mine, nine-year NFL vet who played corner, nickel, safety, uh, is one of the smartest humans to ever enter a football field, threw his name into the coaching ranks just a week ago, and we chatted a little bit about the entire processes of it all. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the Man to Man podcast, Darius Butler. Yay! Fellas, what's up? D butt Punk's Tawny Phil needs to get out of our life. Okay, uh-huh. that that you don't know. Yeah, but you guys down there in South yeah, Florida, you're like, matter. oh yeah, the groundhog. Hey, was he tell me it's gonna be 110 tomorrow? Yeah. Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> don't care. It's beautiful outside. We did have a little cold front out with that nor'easter. That's wind last week. Oh, uh, a little breezy. Oh, a little wind. Yeah. A little breezy. Okay. 66. Hey, breezy. Yeah, that wind chill. No, no, nah, I got 40s. Whoa! Yeah, if we had, you know, we had all kind of shit going on in the news down here, but uh, we made it. We're all right. Get your jackets out of the closet. <laughs> it is forty-eight with a wind chill at thirty-nine. All right. Anyways, uh, that's our choice to live up here too. So yes, mm-hmm. uh, 
Cold's not that bad. No, it builds. Cold tolerance. stinks. Punk's Tony Phil stinks more than a cold, though. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. let's get to it. There is a massive thing happening right now in the NFL right in front of our eyes, very public. Brian Flores was on CBS this morning. He was on Get Up this morning with his two attorneys. A class action lawsuit against the NFL as a whole for its hiring of head coaching process being racist and also $100,000 being offered to him in cash if he loses games to tank for the draft, which questions the integrity of the game and the integrity of the hiring process. This is a massive ordeal. As we look at it from right now, Darius Butler, your thoughts on the entire thing, and what do you think is uh, most likely to come of all of this? Uh, you know, thoughts obviously, um, you know, not not surprising. Um, you know, we we kind of talked about it a little bit uh, last week. When we were talking about me throwing my hats, you know, in the coaching ranks, and kind of part of the reason why I didn't get into coaching right after football, and, and this was a part of it. You know, just kind of. Um, it's definitely discouraging as a black co- coach trying to, you know, get in there and move up the ranks as you see your, your white counterparts do. Um, but it just, it doesn't happen. And at the end of the day, and I've said it a couple of years ago, I say it kind of repeated every year. And I don't even get really upset and worked up about it anymore at this point because the reality is this. It's a, it's a, it's a white-owned league. And, 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 you know, these are old, old white billionaires that own their team. And nobody's going to tell them or anybody how to run their company or how to run something that they, they built or bought, um, who they can hire, what they can do. Like, we, we can get upset about it. We can feel certain ways about it. But I think you mentioned $110 billion. Yeah. And we're tuning in every week. I'm tuning in every week. You are. We're talking about it. So until those numbers change, if that bottom line gets affected, if sponsors maybe come in and say, hey, we got, you guys got a diversity issue, you got to address it, or – you have competition, some type of competitive other league that about got the rock, you know, and his ex uh, wife, I think, starting up, uh, you know, the XFL. And maybe that'll be a competition where, hey, we're getting better opportunities over here. And obviously that that's way down the line with, with the bohemian that the NFL is right now. But those are the only real I think um, uh, that's the only place I think real change will come. Up to this point, it's just, I mean, we just had a race norming issue that kind of got swept under the rug like a few months ago. So um, it does, it's not surprising at all. It's definitely disappointing. Um, it's discouraging still with, with coaches. Um, obviously, uh, B. Flo, he, he fell on the sword. You know, I know him uh, personally. So he's pretty much, you know, sacrificing, you know, his future coaching career. He's a young young guy, 40 years old. So um, I think he's doing the right thing. Uh, obviously, how it came about with the text messages and, you know, now the lawsuit, we'll see what comes of this. I personally think it's going to end, you know, in a settlement and, and it'll kind of go away. And we'll keep going on about business. They'll probably have a couple token hires and then they'll be fired in a couple of years. Uh, unfortunately, that's the reality that I see. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong. So a lot of coaches get fired because they stink, but hopefully there isn't token hires just to get past this. And I would be intrigued to hear the one per club meetings on how that whole thing goes because it is obvious i mean it's a glaring thing the fact that the rooney rule even had to be enacted right i think is admission that there is a problem it just had to be incentivized too a couple years ago with the third round Mm -hmm. pick if you you know advanced gms or something like that uh, a couple years ago so yeah yeah, it's very fascinating. They've admitted that it's been an issue in the past. They've made these rules. They've incentivized it. So they've tried to address it, which is what they will try to stand on or whatever the NFL, because they got their lawyers as well. You know, we all know yep. that. They're going to come back, whatever they're going to do. Do you think, like Robert Smith, 
is potentially in line or trying to buy um, one of the teams. He's a That would be the first black-owned team, I believe, in the NFL if he was to get in there. Do you think that is really the only way we move forward? Or do you think that coaching process is also one that has to change? And although I didn't appreciate the attorneys on there uh, on Get Up <laughs> this morning, I didn't. I honestly, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of, of any of the, the interviews. I thought, you know, number one is too early, and I don't know. You know, the people that I know that have had legal, you know, things going on, usually you don't go on and talk about it. But, um, you know, that's something you want to be super prepared for, especially when you're going to court against, um, you know, Brady said it a few weeks. Hey, you're not going, you're not beating 30 billionaires in court. But, um, you know, hey, I'm sure somebody's advising Flo and that's uh, above my pay grade. No, I don't think so. I think the two people that are advising him, you are above uh, intellectually. But that's just me personally looking out. And maybe they're just looking out for themselves. Who knows? Robert Smith, though, actually commented about it. And I think he even put like a subtle tweet out there like, we need to talk about this whole who's who's in this for the right reasons and who isn't, which is a part of everyday life. But one of them, the stooge on the right, actually, he said something (laughs) that was pretty, I think, you know, profound. He said, "You, the way we fix this is if we have more defensive coordinators that are black, offensive coordinators that are black, special teams coordinators that are black. But to get to those points, the amount of shit you got to go through to get there, the, the coaching ranks is almost like a union job. Now, granted, yeah. there's the Sean McVeighs that get hired when they're 30 years old, Cliff Kingsbury, Zach Taylor. Those are all white guys that are getting hired very, very early or who's supposed to be these offensive masterminds. But normally, it's like a union job. You come in, you're getting coffee, you're drawing up plays you're sleeping on your couch even if you played in the nfl for 13 fucking years this is what you're doing you're going through that and it's hard for any player to be like i'm going to continue to do this to make no money and maybe one day do i think there's like an entire process that needs to change don't you because Uh, that's a part of the process that i I believe is uh is intentional you know so for me for example i would be essentially punished for going and, and going to play at the highest level for nine years and not going to be a quality control guy, you know, out of college, you know. So instead of starting my coaching career at 22, I would have started at 32. And in that nine years when I was, you know, playing against Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or, you know, being heavily involved and actually orchestrating game plans and then going out on the field executing them, I'm punished and I'm behind the guy, you know, that that's put his time in. You know what I mean? Which I think you do have to put time in on the job. You do have to learn things. But okay. a certain... I mean, if I'm a, if, if you're reading a book about war, I mean, I would rather read it from a guy who went on 50 special ops mission as opposed to a guy who was kind of on the outside writing down a report about that mission. But I'm not the guy, I'm not the people hiring these jobs. Now, that's not to say that Deshaun McVeigh's and the Kyle Shanahan's and these people aren't qualified for these jobs, but it's just uh, everyone doesn't have the same opportunity. And we know life's not fair. It's nepotism. It's all these different things. But that's those are the issues. So that's why people have been punishing. Like you said, you play in the league, let's say six, seven years, and you're going to coaching. Like at that point, you got a family. You're probably living a certain lifestyle. Like you want to maintain certain things. You want to maybe keep your kids in the same schools and they were, all these different things. You can't go back to, you know, making that and doing different things and then sacrificing hours and hours and hours at the same time when you're over overqualified for the job to begin with. So um, that's a part of the issue. Um, it's a lot of a lot of parts that play into it, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll we'll see it, you know, get fixed down the line. But you know, the realist in me, I guess, somewhat the pessimist in me, I just kind of see it for what it is. And a lot of people try to, you know, will put it 
uh, I know a lot of the conversation that I have, you know, people will say, hey, man, well, the league is, you know, 70 something percent black. When you look at the players, how, how do you say you have a, a, a race issue or this is that's the only place in sports where it's a real uh, meritocracy, where you really you got to earn it every day. And everybody's judging it from the time you're 16. Mm. You know, everybody's saying, OK, that guy's good. He's not good. That guy's good. He's not good. So the people out there earning it. And you look at the NFL. We're really just getting somewhat a fair opportunity playing the quarterback position. You look at the past maybe decade or so. So, I mean, it's the coaching and all the gyms and all those things. Those would be, uh, I guess, more of the norm down the line, maybe. But only competition really will breed that change. If, if the owners could have, and I'm not saying the owners are intentionally just being racist, but if it took a while for the first black players to enter these major leagues for a reason. Like, so if, if they just had it how they could have, it would probably be 90% white players on the field too. So it's a lot of issues at the same time. Um, obviously race plays into it. You'll be a fool to, to play a blind eye to that. Uh, but it's a lot of factors that's going into it. And uh, I think as most things come down to in America, uh, the money. And I, I think the money, the only thing that's going to really change it. Yeah. Money matters. So much forever. Oh. <laughs> hey AB, how much how much you suing for? Whole lot of money <laughs> on that real sports on that real sports. That was uh, that was quite a moment. He has his own gripes, by the way, with how he was being treated as a player, which is its own thing. And then obviously there's the Gruden lawsuit that's happening because his emails were the only ones that were shown out of six hundred thousand. Although they were terrible, what else is mm. being shown in there? Those might come to light, by the way, through this blind Flores. Entire class. I mean, the NFL is fighting a lot of different fronts right now. Do you not believe, and I might be misreading this, I feel like we're at a time now, and I know you said you're a realist and a pessimist naturally, and you think, you know, getting into those networks is going to be difficult. I feel like we're at a time in history where more people are more. Don't you think now is the time for this to potentially make a change? Don't you think? You know, I, I might be uh, wrong. you know, realist, pessimist, and I don't know if, and black too. So oh. I've been seeing it from this lens. Man, I... Uh, and, I and right now, I got it better <laughs> than anybody that's looked like me has ever had it, right? So that's the part of it. So when you talk to older black folks, you talk to older, hey, you got it better than ever. And then you go back to 2020, what happened with George Floyd and everything that came out of that and all the Fortune 500 companies pledging money and doing all this. and doing. This isn't just a football issue. Like, if you look at... The, one of the, any major sports network, go look at them. You're going to look at, you're going to turn on the TV, you're going to see, it's going to be certain people on TV all day. They're just going to look a certain way. And as you go up and you look in the C-suite, you look at the executives, you look at the real decision makers, the he's and she's in those positions, most of them are white. That's just the reality of the situation. Now, like I said, you create competition. And we're in a place right now where you can build your own. Like you, for example, you built your own shit. You're doing it with your boys, with your people. How I, If I would do it the same way, it would look very similar. I, I got a couple of white homies that might, you know, kick it a couple of times to be in there and be in there day to day. But that's how it's going to look. That's the reality of it. So when you build your own shit, then you can call your own shots. But anything outside of that, you're going to be asking for uh, essentially a bone to be thrown to you. Uh, unless changing the hearts and minds, that's bullshit. That's not happening. Like, it's going to be the money that changes it or it's going to be the competition that breeds the change. So that's the reality of it for me. Um, and, you know, for other people, you know, the pledges and the the the, and the the social justice and it takes all of us. Like, all oh, this tagline is cute. But we've seen it. We've heard it for years, for decades. I read. I do research. This shit ain't new to me. It, it, it just is what it is. And the Bel Shout out to Belichick. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was about to say. You know, that's the most damning ev evidence here in this whole situation in you know, some it, it'll be a question: Was it intentional? Was it not? 
Okay. I, you know, I, I know B Flo, I know Belichick, and Belichick's the most detailed human I've ever been around. Yeah, and, so you, and, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Hey, Debo, we got to call you back. We lost connection there. We heard you the entire time, but your face froze there. I, I got follow-up uh, conversation about Bill Belichick a lot there. He thinks that Bill did this all on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks he did, uh, that Bill did it all on purpose, which, by the way, great conspiracy because it is Bill Belichick. Mm. Every time Bill Belichick does anybody or anything, they're like, that was on purpose. Tactical. That was on purpose. He would um, potentially cut a player that was really good. Everybody's like... Why is he doing this for? Oh, he's doing this so he can get him back at a cheaper price, so he can do this, blah, blah, blah. It's mm -hmm. like every move that Bill Belichick has ever made or done, there's so much respect for him and his acumen that's like, oh, this has to be on purpose. This has to be on purpose. I honestly believe there's a chance he just misread a fucking text message. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Debo, you're saying that there's no chance Bill Belichick misread that text message? No, I'm not not saying there's no chance. He is a little, he is a little up there. He is a little up there in age. Uh, maybe he didn't have his glasses on. Maybe the dog could have had the phone. So it's definitely uh, a chance. But like I said, he, he, he's very detail-oriented. And I'm not going to put that on Bill. Obviously, he has uh, previous relationships with the Giants. So maybe he didn't do this intentionally. But, um, you know, it, regardless of how it came out, it, it's out here. And you see they trying to cut me off, man. Hey. 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 It was literally. Hey, I just want to let you know. Hey, watch, watch yourself, Pat. I know. I, I, literally, as you were in the middle of that entire, your face just froze. And my everybody's first thought was, Oh, oh, they're trying to fucking Holy shut him shit. up. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, literally, we thought, isn't it crazy that that is an actual thought that we all had, though? Like, all of yeah. us? It's wild that that's the time that we live in. But that is why I think, by the way, that now is a good time for these changes to potentially happen. Because everybody, yeah. although the word woke is obviously painted in a lot of different ways, I think a lot more people are enlightened to question shit nowadays than they have in the past. I think people are learning more, experiencing more, seeing more, meeting more. I think there's less ignorance than ever although there's going to be the ignorant all the time i think now is a, a potential proper time maybe to recourse this entire thing do you think coach flow um has any chance coaching anywhere other than the patriots right now no right you sue the nfl yeah yeah I mean, you know it, it, and it's, it's similar to, to you know when, when cap when, when you knew that was um that was going to be a settlement um, you knew, I, I knew at least, so I felt like his, his playing days were over. Like you're going to go one or, eight or, or the other route. And, uh, obviously it's a bigger cause here. And, and Brian Flores came out and said that. Um, so I, I, I think he's sacrificing his coaching career. Uh, hopefully I'm, I'm wrong because he is young. Um, this is the, the, the best league that we have. And he's been, I think he's given 18 years of, of his, you know, time already to this league. So I hope he does get an opportunity. But uh, part, part, part of the reason he probably came out with this, too, is I think he was on the finalist for the, the Houston and New Orleans job. So he was probably like, man. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> that one job. It just hit me. Yeah, I'm, yeah you know what? I'm out of here. That but uh, in all reality, though, I don't think, you know, I think his coaching career is done. You know, you're suing. That would be, that'd be pretty awkward. Well, it's just like when Antonio Brown sued the NFL, and then he said he was coming back to the NFL <laughs> next year. I was like, yeah. I don't know if that's ever happened, but he's fucking good at football. He is very good at football, yeah. so I guess there's a chance. B-Flow is a great coach, obviously, had years of success, and he was actually uh, winning in spite of ownership, it seems like, down in now Miami. That, that's, that's why. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That Stephen Ross thing, because... You know, offering a hundred. That's you know, we all you hear it all the times in the meetings, like integrity, the shield, the shield, the shield. And if and if that, those accusations come out to be true, especially with him being fired after that, um, you know, that's man, that, that's why. I mean, I'm sure me and Gump aren't shot but uh that's some wild shit yeah well i know you're a big time dolphins fan obviously mm -hmm. as is gumpy but the integrity of the game 
is massive. It's paramount. The NBA yeah. is still dealing with Tim Donahue. Yeah. Still dealing with Tim Donahue. And I guess they have openly tanking teams to try to get a 4% chance better to hit the lottery. And they never do, it feels like. Nope. Okay, we're going to lose our games. Our fans are going to hate us. And then we're not going to do what we tried to do anyways because it's a low chance of that happening. I mean, it is a nightmare over there. But the NFL... It's, it's always been, hey, every game matters. Hey, we're playing. Yeah. We're not trying to lose. Nobody's trying to tank. And then you hear that there's potential bonuses going to go. I think Hugh Jackson came out. Now, he would have been he super paid. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. How much he, yeah, he might be owning a team. Hugh wouldn't forever, be worried right, right now. <laughs> yeah, he was not selling tequila if they're giving him bonuses. But we love Hugh Jackson on this show, obviously. But he yeah. came out. And I think his lawyer or PR also came out and said that they have more information and, and more evidence of this. So this is only going to grow and we yeah it's a class action suit and and it'll be other i'm sure there'll be some other coaches that that go into it um obviously the coaches that want to continue coaching probably not but uh there will be some other coaches that don't have um the aspiration to be nfl head coach and speaking of hugh jackson uh it is black history month and he's down there at, uh, at grambling and he he announced their nil their nil deal where they'll be paying all the, the, the student athletes down there. So that's huge. So shout out to Hugh. I'm a big Hugh fan too. Hugh Jack City down there. Down there. I sent a video to Grambling, me kicking and punting. They never opened it, I don't think. What? Really? <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I was bombing balls in a video. I don't yeah. know how you mm. wouldn't say, hey, come on, Don. Normally the only whites on those teams, the kickers and the punters. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you said some quarterbacks, some linemen. Wait, I could might... see I could see you been a, been a punter at HBCU. Oh, it would have been awesome. I would have had a great time down there. Man, me coming into the yard. Oh, anyways. <laughs> it's uh who's gonna win the Super Bowl, D butt? You know what, man? It, it's it's been a wild year, and the thing that was surprised me most is uh coming into the year, even more so to Joe Burrow going to win, it was Matt Stafford beating Brady on his way to winning his first Super Bowl, and now he'll be kind of the the elder statesman at that quarterback position in the league. So I think Matt Stafford is going to figure out a way to win this Super Bowl. I'm not sure if he'll cover, but I think he'll win the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. okay. A little two for there in your pick. We can't wait. We can't thank you enough for joining us for your perspective on all of this. I know it probably you know, enlightened a lot of humans that were watching that maybe didn't fully understand. So we appreciate you, man. And we'll see you next week down there at Super Bowl week. Yes, sir. I'll be safe. Appreciate you. Hey, you too, ladies and gentlemen. Terry Spuddler. Yeah, Joining us from an attic in Ohio, Super Bowl champion, college football national champion, COVID survivor, Ryder Cup champion, AJ Hall. Yeah! AJ, what's up, dude? Wow, you hey. look. Hey. Whoa. Hey, today you got a glow. You pregnant? I might be. I don't know. Should I take a test? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go pee. Okay. With a glow like that. Oh, wait. Oh, I thought they always pooped on those. No, just stick it in the pee bottle you have underneath your desk right now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Stop laughing, man. I don't think they'd poop to find out if you're pregnant. <laughs> I do appreciate or respect the fact that maybe that is the case and you have many more children than I do, so you would know much better. But you look good today. Hey, nice glow to you, pal. It wow. feels like you're really oozing with positivity. Is that what today's going to be like out of the A.J. Hawk attic? I don't know. I mean, I'm always pretty positive. I'm, I think I'm sweating because, like I said, I can't control my heat up here in the attic, so it's going crazy sometimes, either hot or cold. But, you know, we'll figure it out. Uh, we had bad. I had bad internet this morning. I went on with Dan Dockich on his live show. And uh, it was a Zoom. It was a Zoom, I believe. And I was freezing in there. I felt like you. I'm like, man, I'm bringing this show 
done. That's 100% on me. But the fact that you can't control the temperature, the internet, or have any books behind you just makes it even more miraculous that you come in here and deliver every day. We appreciate you. The Commanders are a new team in the NFL. Obviously, everybody's going to call them the Commies. That is just what the internet's going to do, and that's what everybody's going to do. Your quick thoughts before we get to our first guest, friend of the show here. Well, it's not uh, not surprising. Didn't this was leaked by the great Boomer, wasn't it? Like months ago? No, he said uh, admirals. Yeah, have yeah. a little respect uh, for the yeah. titles, please, and rank maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like we went so long, we might as well just stuck with the football team. It felt it, it fit. I feel like after a while now, it'll take a little bit of time to get used to this one. And if they win, it'll be all good. If they lose, it'll obviously get buried. That is everything in the world that we live. A man who's been on a winning streak for like fifty years, sixty years on television. Everybody loves him. The voice of Sunday. Sunday night football and a lot of magical moments in sports history, ladies and gentlemen. Al Michaels, sir. Happy Groundhog Day. No, hey, Al. I don't want to get into it. I hate that ground rat. I hate Phil. I I do too. I came out of my backyard. I'm sorry, I don't have a tank top because they're all in the washing machine. So I understand. You have to settle for this today. I've got an AJ Hawk cigar. My wife won't let me smoke that in the house. So I'm out in the backyard. I saw my shadow. A couple of uh, minutes ago, so six six more uh, weeks of winter, or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah, How but are you guys? Hey, we're good, but at least you didn't see your shadow and then tell everybody that life's about to be terrible. That's what Phil does every single year, this goddamn thing. You know how I hate it. Punxsutawney Phil, I'm telling you. We've got possums out in our uh, front yard now, <laughs> so we've got one of those ring things you know, when, when there's motion out in front, 2.30 in the morning, that possum's going back and forth. I'm looking for a raccoon to take him out. No, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, possum is an incredible uh, species. I believe it's marsupial. The yeah, only, that's right. The only marsupial in North America, Al. I mean, wow. yeah, hey, no big deal. We got, I got a lot of uh, outdoor pets around my old house. My wife feeds them all. But let's get, to, <laughs> let's get to some NFL news, Al, because obviously we're right around the corner from the biggest game. Um, the Commanders. You know, new team name this morning. And I feel like everything in the world, especially when you rebrand it, is going to be hated early. The commanders, I don't think anybody expected or wanted, but if they win, it doesn't matter, right? As long as they win, nothing matters. Right. People will get used to it. Yeah, and you're right. They'll start calling them the commies, and and social media will have a blast with us. I mean, I thought the funniest thing ever was when the Seattle hockey team named itself the Kraken. Yeah. And the name of the building, I think, is something like Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. But you know what the fans called it? The Crack House. So <laughs> that, that's the risk you run when you change the name of something. Hey, Al, after all these years and obviously doing every single sporting event on every continent, it seems like, do you ever, like, how do you feel before a football game? Do you still feel like you did maybe 30 years ago? Do you get anxious, nervous at all? Anxious is the word. Nervous, no. You know, if you're prepared. You're not nervous. And, and I think, you know, and you know what it's like. You're playing big games. You just want it to start. And once it starts, it's like you're doing, you know, you've been there before. You're doing the game. Just get out of the gate like a, a, a racehorse. You want to have a clean break and get it going. So, you know, it's, it's funny. The only time I'd ever get nervous is if I was not prepared. I never let that happen. And, you know, I'm lucky right now. After all these years in the business, I still love it. And I can't believe I was thinking the juxtaposition the other day. I did the Cincinnati Reds back in the early 70s. I did the World Series on NBC because they brought the team announcer up from the the local uh, uh, team to NBC to do the World Series with Kurt Gowdy and Tony Kubek. So I did the Cincinnati Reds in the World Series in 1972 and the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl 
in 2022. Holy mackerel. 50 years, and you haven't missed 50. a beat. You haven't missed 50. a beat, by the way. You still, every single game, I, I feel like a lot of people now, and I don't want to be the person that bears any bad news ever to anybody, but as people grow older, there's a natural, you know, potential downfall. You are still just as smooth, cool, and quick as you've ever been. Is there something to that? Do you train? Is it just natural? What, what do you think it is? <laughs> hey, by the way, people would still love you. They'd be like, Al Michaels, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we love him out there. Yeah. But- hey, listen, I don't eat vegetables. I hate to say this, <laughs> yeah. but I don't eat any vegetables. Maybe that is the key to life. Betty White who lived about two miles from where I sit right now. She was my neighbor. I didn't know I didn't know her. But I read a story about her that she didn't eat any vegetables. I'll take 99 and 15, 16s, as Betty White did. You know, and she obviously passed away uh, a, a short time ago. But Betty White ate no vegetables. That may be the key. Think uh, about that. I don't know why no more people aren't talking about it. Al Michaels, no. Betty White, two of the most beloved humans in history, yeah. don't eat vegetables, still got it very – Betty was – hey, uh-huh. Betty was one of the quickest Fantastic. of all time. Fantastic. Do you I mean, loved her. You said you never met her. I assume all these celebrities want to meet you. Is there anybody that uh, has come up and said, like, they're a big fan of yours and you were surprised from outside the sports world? Uh, when I was doing – hey, speaking of Cincinnati, I was doing the Reds, and – a few years ago, George Clooney comes up to me at a charity golf tournament. I'd never met him. And he said, I've always wanted to meet you and ask you, why did you leave the Reds? I left the Reds to go to the San Francisco Giants in 74. I said, because they tripled my salary. He said, I feel a lot better. So George was a 14-year-old. And he, you know, he'd, he'd lie in bed at night with a transistor radio and the Reds were on the West Coast and listened to me you know, at midnight Cincinnati time. So that was a thrill for me. And then we started talking about Pete Rose and, and Joe Morgan and Johnny Bench and all of the rest. So uh, that, that was very cool. That's awesome. Have you ever had any issues with any coaches or players over the years? Like, I don't ever recall anything happening where you got into it with anybody. You seem to be highly respected from, from pretty much everybody. Yeah, I think there's a mutual respect. I thought, you know, Buddy Ryan wasn't my favorite back in the, in the late 80s. He thought I was a soccer announcer, right? <laughs> you know, and he, he, he kind of barked at me in a couple of meetings. And, you know, I've had it. There's never been really a confrontation or anything, but there were some coaches. I basically had to pull them aside after a couple of meetings and go, "Hey, listen, you're not. I'm not asking you to tell us the game plan, but don't lead us down some primrose path and tell us stuff that you know is bullshit, right?" So uh, that changed relationships with a couple of guys, and I think they respected our crew for you know saying, "Hey, listen." Just, you know, if you don't want to tell us something, don't tell us something, but but don't guide us in the wrong direction. You're a guy so who called, the, yeah, you so call it, yeah, huh? Uh, uh, no, go ahead, go ahead, uh, <laughs> No, you, you're a guy who called the World Series in, <laughs> you're a guy who called the World Series in 1972. Obviously, right. do you believe in miracles? I mean, you've called so many big time sporting events. You have the Super Bowl coming up here in two weeks, obviously. And it's a massive game. A lot of storylines in there I'm sure you're excited about. Is the preparation any different? Because now you're hosting a show for the entire globe, which is something you've done on a regular basis. But is it different here about a week and a half out than normally? And when do you really I'll, start dialing in? We're already dialed in. I'll tell you, Pat, this is a little different in the sense that. We've had the Rams three times this year. We had them a couple of weeks ago against Tampa Bay. And um, so we had them on opening night against Chicago. We had them against Tennessee. So, uh, you know, I live in L.A. I know the Rams kind of inside out. 
But even Chris Collinsworth, who lives in Cincinnati, we haven't done the Bengals in years. So it's kind of it's it's fun in a way because had Kansas City been in, we had done Kansas City five times this year, so we knew them inside out. Cincinnati, we're kind of starting from a little bit of of uh, of. Uh, Scratch here. Hold hey, on that's that's the that's the vegetable commission. Dude. <laughs> Who is that? Yeah, I know. No, I can't take this call. How do I dec- decline this right now? Hold on. Here we go. Um, hey, by the way, there it is again. Being, I mean, yeah. technology. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you're killing it wow. out. What can I tell you? I just I thank God I hit the right button. But <laughs> with the Bengals, it's, it's kind of fun in a way because I think you know I got the sense watching the Kansas City Cincinnati game. You know, when the game starts, here's Mahomes. It's going to be a great the Super Bowl. It's going to be Kansas City again. Mahomes looked fantastic, obviously, in that first half. Then I think as the game progressed, if you didn't have a you know specific rooting interest like for the Chiefs, uh, if you were a Chiefs fan, of course you were you were distressed. I think most of the country kind of said, "Wow, look at Burrow, look at this team. That's kind of cool." So uh, that's the way we're looking at it going into the game. So it's it's going to be exciting, but you know it's a it's like oh, I don't want to say starting from scratch. I mean we we sort of follow every team in the league, but we really have to get down to, you know, start at the bottom of the Cincinnati Bengals, work our way up. So there was 60 million people at its peak allegedly watching that AFC matchup. And I think it it didn't average as high as the NFC game, but that's because, to your point, there was an 18-point differential at one point. Everybody thought the Chiefs were just going to go on and do what the Chiefs do. Joey Burrow and the boys coming back, actual needle mover. More people than the NFC game watched that comeback in the second half. They're young. I don't think they even know what they don't know right now, too. Don't you? Like, that is kind of the sense. They have no idea how hard it is to make it to the Super Bowl. I think Joey Burrow's like, this is normal. That's great for the league, Al. Great for the oh, league. Oh, no, there's no question about it. And the other thing I was thinking about is that I did the Super Bowl in 99 when the Rams beat Tennessee, and the game ended on the last play at the one-yard line with Mike Jones tackling Kevin Dyson. Fantastic. Otherwise, that game would have gone to overtime. Think about this. The Rams the year before won four games in 1998. Uh-huh. Then they lose Trent Green – in, in uh, an exhibition game, this guy, Kurt Warner, takes over, whoever the hell he was at that point. Great a lot movie. Of people thought Kurt, a lot of, yeah, a lot of people thought, well, Kurt Warner, he's, isn't he the running back for Seattle? <laughs> no, this is, the other, this is the other Kurt Warner. Of course, we all know what happened. He, he's the league MVP. He's the Super Bowl MVP. It's a dream story. It becomes a movie. So here are the Rams winning it from 98 to 99, going from four wins to, to the championship. Can the Bengals repeat? They won four games last year. Oh, look at all that research you're doing. Hey, you hear yeah, that? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah. By the way, if, I, if I'm wrong, social, anti-social media will let me know in five seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're wrong for everything at some point from somebody. You know, that's just the way the world is. Right. Go ahead, AJ. Al, have you, uh, have you gotten a chance to speak with Joe Burrow before? And if not, like, what are you going to ask him in your production meeting? I would assume you guys have normal production meetings like a normal game. Oh, we will. We will. And I think they're coming out here and we'll go to practice uh, – uh, a few days before the game. No, I've never met Joe Burrow. Looking forward to it. You know, obviously, I've read a ton of stuff about him. Talked to a lot of people about him. He seems like a, a really you know cool guy. Obviously, and he, I'm amazed by the. And I'm sure you guys are too. The poise. I mean, second year in the league, nothing's too big for this guy. And maybe it's the new generation of kids coming up, and they're used to you know, media attention and all of the rest, and coming through college. But uh, I'm looking forward to. to to seeing him, to meeting these guys. Uh, met the, the coach, Zach Taylor, once briefly. You know, he came out of the – he came off the, uh, the the Sean McVay tree. You think about that Sean McVay tree right now. 
you know, LaFleur, and you, and you got uh, Zach Taylor is in, in the game. He had, uh, uh, I'm trying to think somebody else he had that's in the NFL right now, but his tree is, is, is blossoming. It's like the Garden of Eden. There are some coaches in this league, as you know, their tree, if Adam and Eve had to eat off some of those other trees, we wouldn't have civilization right now. <laughs> Without, men- without mentioning some names. Hey, I, I appreciate the fact that you've thought that out before, by the way. I, that is, yeah, that is well, what I like. Yeah, I've th- right. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that in bed last night. I, 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 I knew I'd be on the show today, right? Uh, you're I got to come with something for you guys. Ah, you're amazing. I, honestly, it, it is. Every time we chat with you, I get so pumped up. And the fact that we can just reach out to you and say, hey, Al Mike, Al Michaels, do you want to come on the show? It is so cool that you do that. We are very thankful for it. This is where I come for my information. I'm, you know, I'm sorry I, I had some stuff to do yesterday. I ah, missed Aaron. Yeah, I missed, yeah. I missed Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. No, no, so no. So what, what's 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 the latest? Nah, Aaron missed Aaron Rodgers Tuesday too. <laughs> there was no there was no news then, but I assume it'll be coming at some point there. Uh, yeah. I want to I want to talk about you know because your future, just like we just said, you're Al freaking Michaels, and when you come on here, it's so cool. Everything you do now is getting speculated upon. There's articles sure. about what your future is going to be, what it isn't going to be. Then, obviously, Troy Aikman does an interview. There's alleged his future is up in conversation as well. And he's talking about the number of viewers, which immediately talk to you about how interested people are in the game. And there's obviously the Amazon thing looming over everybody's head. Uh, much like Aaron Rodgers, that's a good point. Do you have your future figured out? Are you still trying to figure it out? And are you pumped that people still are very, very much? wanting your services in a lot of different places i assume that is a yes well that that's very cool what what i I said before the season is my contract is going to end after the super bowl at nbc i've had a long-term relationship uh it it may be a part of the future for me i don't know but what i wanted to do pat this year is just enjoy the hell out of this season i've worked with the same producer and director for two decades i've had chris for 13 years Michelle is going to wrap up her broadcasting career, but she'll go on to some other great things as well. She's the best sideline reporter ever, tremendous journalist. Uh, I wanted to not be distracted by anything, and I'm still trying my best to do that. Obviously, there's stuff out there. I do have options. I do know this. The one thing I, I love doing what I do, I still have a great time doing this. I don't want to step away. People say, well, why don't you retire and play golf? I said, I can play all the golf I, I, I need to play right now. I don't have to step away and play golf. I can do this. And Marv Levy once said to me, when I asked him about retiring, when he was in his 70s with the Bills, he said, if you think about retiring, you've already retired. And that kind of resonates with me to this day. So I do know this. I do want to continue to do this. I have options. And after the Super Bowl, I will sit down with, you know, with myself, obviously, and, and a couple of other people that I trust and figure out the, the best plan, the best course in the future. But I'll tell you this, unless I'm in the, in the deep divot between now and the beginning of next season, I'm going to be doing some football. Okay, the deep divot, I assume, is the earthquake? that, that, that Well, not the earthquake. The deep divot is in the ground. So the deep divot is... <laughs> yeah. right, let's stay away you, from the you, deep you, divot. You, no, you want to be on this side of the deep divot. <laughs> uh, options means leverage. Congratulations from us to yeah, you. Yeah. You deserve it, man. You deserve it. Whatever you do, I'm sure everybody will be excited about it. Go ahead, AJ. Well, I mean, it's awesome that how relevant you still are and you're still so much. Like, people want to see you on TV. What's it been like, I guess, over your... You've been on camera through all of this to where now there's a billion platforms there's all these different 
places where you can go instead of like what the old big three back in the day. What's it been like to, to watch this whole thing happen? I've watched this happen, AJ. Plus, I've watched technology take us to the point where I think a lot of, you know, why football is so popular. Obviously, the game is great. You have all of the drama, but technology. I watch these games. I've been in the business for a long, long time. I'm still amazed at how beautiful these games look on television. I mean, it's, it's a spectacle, and it's live. And, I mean, there's so much – there's some good stuff on TV. As we know, but there's a lot of crap out there as well. But the, <laughs> this... N- the NFL <laughs> – <laughs> no, no, this, yeah, yeah. this is great television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Technologically, it's come along you know, to, a, to a point where, I mean, it's just it's, – it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, it's a spectacle. And I just see that, you know, and now we've got social media uh, – we have all of these platforms, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But, I mean, how many how many platforms can you watch at one time, right? I mean, there's a ton of stuff out there. you you, you got to pick and choose, and hopefully uh, most of these people will be picking the, uh, the Pat McAfee show for a long, long time. No, 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 that's not going to happen. But I do know that with more platforms allows, you know, good leverage position because they're going to want a consummate professional. They're going to want somebody that brings legitimacy to their coverage as well. I think uh, I think the newer days and technology is only good for old Al Michaels, but I know that that's not exactly how you look at it. You look at it for the good of the game, but there's going to be a lot of these platforms who have so much money, Al. Oh, yeah. so, Al. Al. Al, these people have so much money. These these companies have so There's so much. $110 billion deal for the NFL, and that can get rewrote to potentially go up even more if new platforms want to get in there. Amazon's already there. You've been linked to that. Who knows what you decide? We will be excited to watch wherever you go. But if Amazon gets in, that means Apple's going to want to get in. Uh-huh. That means that the other big company, Google's going to want to get in. I mean, there's just like a never-ending... And especially with the NFL only yodely yodel. I mean, it is. This is uh, this is a really good time, I think, in sports. You know. Here's my goal. I want Pat McAfee's deal. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Al. I wanted Pat McAfee's deal before too. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, once you get it, you realize there's still traffic. There's still uh-huh. there's still a snow, snowstorm coming yeah, outside. That's right, that's right. I'll learn how. Not to- here. Not here. I mean, come out to L.A. It's beautiful. It's like 62 degrees. Blue skies. The possum's not running around anymore. That's it. My only regret. You killed that thing. Unbelievable. For the beginning of this. I know. We had a uh, a burial. Burial. (laughs) Big divot, dude. That thing's not the big divot. Went down to Santa Monica, put him in the ocean before. (laughs) Jesus. Al, so within the last handful of years and, and more recent, uh, Peyton's retired, Eli, Drew, Phil, Ben's retiring, Brady's retiring. Who knows what's going on with Rodgers? So we've lost a lot of great quarterbacks to retirement. But, like, has it ever been brighter for the NFL now that, like, these these young guys seem like they're going to have – their legacies are going to be just as good as these guys who have retired in the recent history? Yeah, I, I laugh every time I hear, you know, a, a certain group of quarterbacks retiring. People begin to say, well, what's going to happen? The league is going to miss Joe Montana and John Elway and Dan Marino, but new guys come along, and they will again here. There's no question about that. I mean, all these guys are retiring. You have Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Brady, of course. We don't know about you know what Aaron's going to do, but here comes Burrow. Here comes Justin Herbert. We know about Mahomes. So it's just a, a new group of guys. And, the, you know, by, by speaking of Roethlisberger, I was just thinking of something the other day. So I did Ben's last game. We did uh, the game in Kansas City. I retired Brady. Oh. Did his last game, Tampa and and the Rams. 
I did Steve Young's last game. He suffered oh. a concussion on Monday Night Football. When I did the NBA, I did Reggie Miller's oh. last game back wow. in 2003 or four. So I think of myself right now as the Grim Reaper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, hey, if things are grim, be the Grim Reaper. How Mike was like, I got you. Who's, oh, man. The Tom Brady retirement. Um, did you guys kind of know it was going to happen? Did people, was there, was there like a, uh, a secret that was kind of behind the scenes by people in the know? We obviously didn't until, I think, divisional round weekend when it kind of leaked out that he was thinking about it. And much like Levy told you, once you've thought about retirement, you're already retiring. And if Tom Brady didn't put that fire out, which is what I thought he would do, especially with his social media team, it was certainly true. But I think, uh, you know, we kind of wanted to wait and see there. And then there's the entire breaking news thing. Did you know he's going to retire? And what are your thoughts on it? I felt the odds were like, uh, or the ratio, I said to our crew, I said, to me, it's 64-36 that he retires. Now, why did I say that? I, you know, I know Tom. I didn't know. I had no inside Tom information. But we had in our production meeting before the Rams-Tampa Bay game, I said to Tom, I said, hey, uh, I said, do you ever think about the perfect ending? And he hesitated. And we actually used this on the air. We put a panel up. And he said it would, you know, be at a Super Bowl. And then he said, but I'm not sure it'll be this year. So we all kind of like, hmm, what, what did he mean by that? And then he kind of went back and forth. And we put his quote up on the air. I said, you know, he was kind of talking in switchbacks. And when you're talking in switchbacks, going back and forth and back and forth, that led me to believe that he would probably step away. So I was not surprised. But, I mean, it's kind of shocking when you think about it, obviously. Here's a guy, led the league in touchdown passes, led the league in yards, sets a, an NFL record in completions. And I was thinking about, you know, in terms of statistics, everybody's talking about numbers. And think about this. 32 teams play in the National Football League. So if you win a Super Bowl every 32 years, that's the law of averages, you win seven Super Bowls in like 220-some-odd years. This guy did it in 20 years. I mean, that's the one statistic that resonates with me and lost three others that he could have won. So that's a career of careers. That's Babe Ruth. I mean, that's Michael Jordan. You name it. That's Tom Brady. In the ones that he lost there, there were some miraculous plays that were made to change that. Now, granted, obviously, there was some on the return side returning right. favor, but I don't think we'll ever see another Tom Brady. I don't think we'll ever see another Patriots dynasty. It's so hard to win in the NFL. And everybody compares, like Andy Reid, he's been to the uh, championship game two different times, four years straight, only has one Super Bowl from him. Like, that's what's it, that's right. going to be brought up against him. It's like, well, who are you comparing him to? The fucking Patriots who had 20 years of dominance? Something like I don't know how they were able to do it, Al. I have no clue how they were able to accomplish what they were able to accomplish. Well, I, you know, it's Bob Kraft, it starts at the top, and obviously uh, Bill Belichick, and, and they put the right pieces together. I mean, the going 20 years is amazing. The 49ers did it. Remember, the 49ers in the 80s and 90s, they had that same sort of dynasty going, and it kind of worked. You know, you had Montana, and then you transitioned over to Young, and, they, and then, of course, it, it kind of fell apart at the end. It was a little different then because you were able to do certain things you can't do right now. But in, in today's NFL world, which, which is obviously made for parity to get you know every team to be nine and eight, eight and nine. A couple of teams break away from from that. Uh, I just think it's it's almost impossible to have that kind of a dynasty. So you're right. I, in our lifetime, we won't see another Tom Brady unless you know some alien spaceship comes in and drops off the next Tom Brady two point zero. Okay, just real quick because Ty has a question. You're we're. Yeah. 
Obviously, the Pentagon has said, yes, there are unidentified aerial <laughs> phenomenon. Yes. But the alien thing, I've always been intrigued by. It. Is this something that has always piqued your interest, uh, Al Michaels? Not at all, frankly. <laughs> really? <laughs> Honestly? Nah, nah, yeah. Well, hold on a second. No, there's a drone coming over here. Looking <laughs> <down>. <laughs> uh, could be that cloud, uh, not, too. Not, you know, not really. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a science fiction kind of guy, but, you know. But, I mean, Brady, That's the whole thing is ridiculous. Elon Musk. And he, and Brady. He, he, and he, yeah, Brady. And Brady eats vegetables. That's the only difference between, <laughs> between him and me in our dotage. Go ahead, Ty. Alan, you've called as many massive moments as you have. I assume it just becomes second nature. But how conscious are you in the moment? Like, oh, they're, they're, there's a chance they're going to be playing this or people are going to be listening to this for the next 40 to 50 years. More so now, obviously, than it was, you know, when I was starting my career when, you know, nobody had a home VCR and you, you didn't think about everything living in, in in posterity. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I know is out there and I know you, you, you just want to you want to hit it. You want to make sure you don't screw it up. Uh, and is there pressure? Yeah, but I think it's just pressure every time you do a game. I mean, when I'm doing a, a Sunday night game or a Super Bowl or or a playoff game, yeah, there's a certain amount of pressure, but you can't let that affect you. I mean, the, the players are the same thing. Can they, I don't think, you know, AJ can tell you, you're not out there thinking about, oh, my God, I'm on television, 30 million people or 40 million or 100 million people are, are, are watching this right now. Yeah, I mean, what you want to do is just make sure you get everything right. And I've had, you know, I've had my last four Super Bowls have gone down to the last play of the game or uh, a few seconds left. See, you've got Santonio Holmes making the catch in 2008. I've got, I've got Malcolm Butler making the interception of Wilson in 14. Go back to 99, Mike Jones making the tackle oh. on Kevin Dyson at the one-yard line. And, yeah, there's, i got to say there's a moment when you just want to make sure, did I get that right? Because if I didn't get that right, they'll just play it back and mock you for the rest of you know, your life <laughs> and, 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 and your grandchildren's lives. There's no doubt about that. But it's kind of funny, I think – as the game gets toward the end, and I've talked about this with, with Joe Buck and with Jim Nance, too. It's like the synapses of your brain open up wider, and it's almost like I can see the field in 4K. Mm-hmm. It's just everything is clear, and you just hope that, you know, you, you don't mess it up and you get it right. And, what, you know, the only thing I'm rooting for in this Super Bowl, Cincinnati against the Rams, people think, you know, they're rooting for this team. or that. That's a, that's a bunch of crap. You know what I want? Triple overtime. That's what I want. Yeah. Let's high, have a, high drama. Yeah, let's have a battle out there for the best of the best in the best league with the best call uh, imaginable without Michaels. You just said you, Jim Nance, and Joe Buck talk about being able to get into a zone almost. I think athletes talk about it. You know, drivers talk about whenever they're at like 180 miles an hour, somehow the world gets like slower. It's nice to hear that you get in that similar type of zone, but that just made me think, do you guys have a group text? Like, hey, we are the voices of the NFL. Like, it kind of goes through <laughs> us. Do you guys have a sit-down, a meeting, a yearly, annual, quarterly? What do you have going on? Not really, but, you know, when we talk to each other, I think we all feel – unbelievably lucky and fortunate. I think Joe and Jim and I, I believe have done the last 17 Super Bowls, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. And and I, we all we all realize that, hey, we are the anointed ones. We got really lucky and we're able to, you know, sustain it. So I mean there's a the sense of just good fortune really more than anything else. No, I don't we don't sit there and go, wow, you know, uh, we're the best and all that stuff. No, we don't do that. It's like you know what? We've got rabbit's feet dangling from our pockets. 
Let's enjoy it. Uh, we enjoy you every single time. Hey, if McPherson breaks uh, Vinatieri's record there, I don't know if that's been on your radar yet, for most field goals in a postseason, a single postseason, I think he needs right. two to tie, three to break it, I believe, if he gets three. Because he's 12 for 12 thus far. I mean, this dude is unbelievable. you got some good specialists in this game, Al. I, I just want to let you know that. And this kid, this rookie, is next level when it comes to confidence, swing, and everything. He's unbelievable, Al. Oh, well, how about, you know, what what he said going out there to kick oh, yeah. the uh, field goal to put him into the uh, AFC Championship game? Wow, I mean, that's great. You know, it's it's amazing, these young guys. It's that That's so different, I think, than years ago. They they embrace the moment. It's not like – it's like with Burrow. It, nothing seems too big for him. Same thing with McPherson. Nothing seems too big for him. I don't know. These kids grow up, and maybe it's just watching television and watching the way confident athletes – you know, go about their business. Maybe they can take a page out of that book. Well, and also, and also maybe they think this would be great content. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I make – all right, so this is a good kick here. This is a good content. <laughs> I tell old buddy, we're going to the AFC Championship. <laughs> then I'm going to go knock home a 52-yarder to go through, and I'm going to look away before that thing even goes through like he walks off a putt. It's unbelievable. I can't wait to hear you next yeah. Sunday. Thank you for making time to join us and enjoy the rest of your afternoon, boss. I'm coming on after the Super Bowl. Oh. Hey, put me on with it. Put me on with Aaron one day. I, you know, I've always loved our meetings with Aaron too. So, what if, maybe you, you and Aaron? Maybe just you and Aaron come on the show, and then me and AJ just kind of drift away and hear a conversation between <laughs> absolute goats, you yes. and Aaron. Ooh. I'm signing the contract right now. Here, we'll <laughs> you got options. Don't sign anything yet. You know, I'll put an offer in front of you, and then use that against everybody else. And uh, you no, got it. Yeah, you got it. You're the man, ladies and gentlemen. Al Michaels. Thank you. Yeah! So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users users FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons most of them what I just said uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel obviously there are so many different ways to win there's more things to bet on their boosts seem to always hit which is just fucking themselves over time and time again uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook and you will too if you haven't used it yet use it nah also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel, shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now, one half of the Bustin' with the Boys podcast. And man, I got a chance to chat with on the bus down in Nashville. Absolutely glorious setup and situation. The podcast has been released, uh, audio. The video version on YouTube.com forward slash Bussin' with the Boys, I believe, will be released here in about 55 minutes or so, I think. It was originally scheduled to go out about an hour ago. There was some confusion from the boy, but nevertheless, the always magical. Maybe, maybe gone into his 10th year oh, in the NFL. Hey. Absolute stud. Will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how are you? Hey, can we get, uh, can we do it? AJ Hawk, 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 AJ
Hey, man. It's uh, great to have you here. And I'm excited about how much you love that AJ Hawk champ because it brings energy to every single place it's a part of. Yeah. Right? Dude, I'm telling you, I wasn't lying the last time I was on this show. AJ Hawk was somebody I watched when I was a young lad. When I was a rookie, even when I was a rookie in Washington and saw him go to the Bengals, I'm sitting there watching tape of my guy, AJ Hawk, just because I was a huge fan, bro. So, yes, we get a moment to do an AJ Hawk chant. I'm never going to miss that beat. Well, hey, I appreciate that. Well, I'm a big fan of you and what you're doing, especially on the field and social media. What was uh, what was your time like uh, with the Raiders? And what's old Coach uh, Basaccia actually like? I know you've been been really pubbing him and online and letting people know this dude's a good guy. Yeah, Coach Basaccia, man, it's crazy because, uh, you know, ultimately I've only played. Oh, no. The weather. What is happening? We were just weather, talking boy. about the yeah. weather. Oh, no. Oh, boy. boy. You guys talking about oh, Bill Gates? Oh, uh, no. What? Hey, what happened? Oh, 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 there he is. We lost you there for a second. Y'all can hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. you sounded good. You sound, I mean, oh, you, oh come oh. on. Oh, okay. JP, come on now. Keep that one guy out. It's not his fault. It's not that. moment. This is our moment. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. It's freezing. It's freezing. It's not your fault. I was on a Zoom earlier today. It was terrible. We got to call back. We'll call you back. We'll, do, we'll go back into the Zoom. We'll go back into the Zoom. Okay. Whew. Uh, man, what the fuck, dude? I mean, it's that 5G thing? Yeah, it's the 5G. I mean, you can well, hear you know, pouring down. Yeah, but how come we got this guy? He's got the worst internet on earth. Well, well you know. Might be the Zoom thing. It could be Zoom. Could be the entire platform of Zoom. Yeah, Zoom could does be, but stink. I am on Zoom right now. What? What are you talking about? Yeah. Every day? That's why you're behind, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I've been wondering. I didn't want to point it out. I thought maybe it was just FaceTime fuckery, but you, you have been. Your words have been about three seconds behind your face. Yeah, well, I, I got a new computer, and the new computer wants me to update it to the old thing. So oh, I thought it was I'm not doing that. I will not thing. update what? I'm telling you, it, if you actually stare at the oh, lips yeah. and then you listen to the words. It's behind. It's a, it's a, you're in a foreign language film with us right now, dude. Uh, hey, I'm sorry. You want me to drop off? I can drop off if you need me. Well, you want quit? What's wow, this guy now doing? he wants to oh, quit. I'm not quitting. I'm quit? saying if you can't focus, if you can't deal with me, you claim I have a three-second delay, then I'll have to get out of here. Can you go one to ten, please, so we can get a test <laughs> yeah, on the sound? Yeah, I can't hear you. Can you give us a count to ten, please? I mean, you? you guys just try. Like, this is the thing. I won't be bullied by you, but you let you bully other people, callers, guests. You'll bully them. All of, This is just what you do. I get it. It's oh, not no. messed up. I know. Yeah, I, have no I don't know too. if that was just a test call you were trying to do there. That was fictitious statements you were making right there but it is not matched up hopefully uh our guest who is back okay and it's not his fault it might be zoom's fault yeah. obviously the production down there is incredible we had this similar mistake earlier when i was on with dan dockage live via zoom so this is not anybody in the boys in the back ladies and gentlemen will Compton. Yeah! Yeah! what's up dude what's up boys should we should we do it again AJ 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 AJ. That might have got it maybe too much electricity through the Zoom call. Thank you for uh, dodge, duck, dip, diving, and dodging through the technology oh, with us. You were talking about Richie Basaccia, and I'm, I'm intrigued to hear this answer because I think you were saying you're only there for a little bit. But from what everybody says, he was like the consummate leader and like the perfect guy to take over that position in Las Vegas. You think you ever see him getting a head coach gig again or no? I do. I know he's down uh, interviewing with Jacksonville at the moment. And uh, I, I do. The fact that he took over this team with everything that happened this year throughout the Raiders organization was. Uh, oh, no. It got worse. 
something's out. up. No. Debug got canceled earlier. Yeah, Debug got glitched. Here? Is it our show? I I, I don't think so. Hey, FaceTime me. FaceTime me. Should we do a show FaceTime in the metaverse? We'll FaceTime you. We'll FaceTime you. We'll FaceTime you. Metaverse. <laughs> metaverse is that? Are they forcing us to switch did, over? Did someone say? Do you need Will's number back there? Yeah. Send Just it say it. Just say it online. All right. I did that before early in my broadcasting career. <laughs> that was a problem. That wasn't good. Hey, give him a call. 317. <laughs> uh, just to make sure. Hey, is that like a warehouse they have down there? Um, yeah. I think yeah. I think so. That'd be yeah, the best way to describe it. Sure. It's a massive sure. space. It's yeah. very, very it looks nice. Like it. I loved it. They have like an unplugged segment set up too where like local performers come and perform. Ooh, the wow. bus, there's meeting, there's offices in the back. It's very it's very, very nice. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, one half of the Bustin' with the Boys podcast, an absolute electric factory on the microphone and on the football field. Could be going into his 10th year in the NFL, live from the bus. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Compton! Yeah! yeah. AJ Hawk! AJ Hawk! AJ Let's jump right into it. Everybody probably remembers the question, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Babasaccia. Hey, how's your family? man. So playing on the Raiders, like this past year, I think I was there with them for five games. And in 19, I was with them for six games. So being with them a total of like 11 games, dude, playing for the Raiders organization, specifically Coach Basaccia, all the all the stuff that they went through this year between Gruden, through player headlines of DUIs and guns on Instagram, um, the car wreck, all of the stuff, man, to go in and take over, not only win the first game out of it, they go on a little losing streak, but to pick it up, get our asses whooped by the Chiefs the first week that I showed up, and then go on a four-game win streak, I think just speaks a lot to the, the man that he is. Like a lot of guys, as you know, when you get to the back end of the year, you're kind of out of it. You got an interim head coach. It's not your head coach anymore. You know changes are going to be made. A lot of guys pack it in. They start planning for New Year's Eve trips. Uh, they start planning for vacation after the season's over. And guys were just dialed in and rallied around Basaccio. We were going into that Chargers game, and not only did the boys want to win for obviously ourselves, each other, the boys, but also guys wanted to win for Coach Basaccio because they wanted to give him a real opportunity at the head coaching job the next year. And that's real shit, dude. Like, Why does that just- happen, Will? What, you've been around a, a couple different franchises now. Obviously, Tennessee, Washington, Las Vegas. You've been around. Why do you think some places just have success and some don't late, you think? You know, I, uh, Alec Engel came on, the, came on the pod and said it recently. He does a really good job not only coaching the player, but he coaches uh, not only – Wait, coaching the player, but he coaches the human. Oh, okay. He dives into who you are, so he'll rip your ass, bro. And I'm telling you, AJ, as a special teams guy, like he's not the dude you want to be on his bad side in a special teams meeting. He'll look at something, hey, comp, you like your punts that here? Like, put that on your fucking radio show. And you know, he <laughs> laugh. Like, well, you, he'll bust balls. Like, he keeps it real with you. If you have, if you're bad on kickoff return, kickoff lane distribution, any of it, he's coaching you hard as hell, man. But the moment you're outside of the meeting, you're in the cafeteria. You're walking in the locker rooms. He's sitting on. He's sitting you on the, your chest because he'll tell you he wants to feel. He wants to feel your heartbeat. He wants to know you as a human being. He asks you about your family, and when uh, not to bring the the mood down at all. But when my mother passed in December recently, and we were in Cleveland, it was the night before the Cleveland game. We were in the hotel room out in Cleveland. My mom had passed. I had hit up Asacha immediately. What room number are you in? He comes to my room, and the man just holds me, and he's like one of those dudes who. 
doesn't care about anything, you come first as a human being. And I think that's what that's what speaks to why people see him so highly and hold him in such high regard because he's a he's a true ass dude who who keeps it real with you. Rest in peace, your mom, by the way, man. Absolute. Yeah, that's very difficult. The mental toughness going through that entire thing while also playing football. And it's, I'm happy to hear that Pisaccia was a guy that came through for you in that moment. You'll remember it forever. But rest in peace to your badass mom, man, just before we go on any further. Go ahead, AJ. Well, that's, that's awesome to hear about what Bisaccia instantly wanted to come to your room. I think there's a lot of coaches that wouldn't be their first thought. They would still be worried about the game coming the next day. So I think that story alone tells like all we need to hear about Basacha, but compare that to Raves. I know Raves cares about the person. He's very, he's not scared to get on you. No question about it. Him, he in Tennessee, and also how their season ended. Like, what was uh, what was it like playing for Raves? You have such a good relationship with him too. It seems like, and are, is he is he similar to Basacha at all? They have similarities. They also have differences. I feel like uh, Basacha is more of like since he's a special teams guy, uh, special teams coordinator for the majority of his career. He's somebody who get who ha, who gets to know all those bottom half of the roster guys. Not that Vrabel doesn't. Vrabel sat in every seat in that team meeting room. But as a head coach, and the uh, the trajectory of Rabe over his course of coaching has just been different than Basaccia. So Basaccia is more of like that personable guy who is really speaking to those backups, who are speaking to those special teams guys at all times. Again, not that Vrabe doesn't do that or have that capacity in them. They're just different. They've had a different journey. Yes. Rabe, at the same time, you know, in the, in the same breath, Vrabe was somebody who was checking on me every day um, about my mom's situation. Taylor was out for that game on Thursday night. He allowed Taylor to fly in and go to the and go to the funeral. They're sending flowers in Tennessee. Like Vrabe is the same type of dude. And Pat will tell you, we were in a group chat with him last night. Yeah. Vrabe, obviously, he's a huge fan of my social media as well and busting with the boys. But he wanted to joke about he wanted to joke, and we're busting balls in the group chat. But me, Pat, and Vrabe were in a group chat last night, and it's like. You know, Vrabe's like a dude's dude, man. He, and he's also somebody you don't want to get your balls busted by because he's one of those alpha dogs that always needs the last word. Yeah, and by the way, that group text was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laying in my bed, and all of a sudden I look over at my phone, and it's uh, uh, Vrabel and Will Compton in a group text. And I'm like, all right, let me fucking see what this is all about. And it's Vrabe's sawing down <laughs> I mean it was amazing and I told him I was like this is ridiculous you know because Will pointed out the fact like man shout out football we're on a group text right now yeah. never could have expected this that is very real and then Vrabes as soon as that happens start shooting him down and uh, he said he's in podcast mode 24-7 is what Vrabel said <laughs> Vrabel said he's podcast mode 24-7 and I agree that that I, I mentioned in there that that should be accounted for when Coach of the Year voting mm -hmm. happens. I agree. Who is the guy that you would most want to potentially have right next to you in a fight? That's what it feels like in Tennessee. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but that locker room, like Vrabes, whenever he said, uh, I'll see you Wednesday or whatever, break it up. And then I think Taylor pushes him and somebody else pushes him. And like, no, you fucking break it up. Like literally pushing him. I don't know if there's any other Vrabes around. I think he's an anomaly. And I think it's only a matter of time before he, you know, gets a chance to maybe hoist a Lombardi at that, at that role. Yes, bro. I mean, he's, Ohio, he's an Ohio guy. You, you know you're Ohio guys when you see him. He's somebody that wants to fight. It's somebody like shadow fights or anything like he wants to go get in the middle of those guys and be like oh i'll be both your asses and it's like okay brave no one's gonna no one's gonna swing at the head coach Nobody's <laughs> and try and take you out right now but he loves you know the team's not gonna fight during practice but at the in the same breath he's the one that wants to go fight the guys for fighting um 
But he's all time, dude. Classic Ohio guy, gritty. Definitely want him on your side if you're in the back alley. That I can 100% with absolute certainty say that I would want that man on my side. He said, uh, you know, while he was burying Will last night, you know, he <laughs> he was mocking like, oh, go call Daddy, go call Taylor. <laughs> I mean, it was a it was a full. It was unbelievable. This thing was like eight minutes long. And I was just sitting in there like, this is awesome. And Vrabes, by the way, everything that you would hope and want in a head coach that I thought from outside, I learned in that group text. Let's talk about your uh, Bustin' with the Boys podcast. Thank you for having me on. I very much appreciate it. It is live right now to be downloaded. Uh, the video's coming out, I think, about 41 minutes or so. I'm not 100% sure on the accuracy of the time. Oh, no. Vrabel. Oh, no, that's Vrabel right there. Hey, shut the fuck up. Whenever you, if that was Vrabel, that would be awesome. Uh, the video's coming out soon. I don't do that often. I don't get a chance to have those types of conversations. It's because I have so much respect and appreciation for you that I, uh, you know, got a chance to really get in there. I appreciate you for having me, man, honestly. That show's a great bro. show. You and Taylor kill it. Oh, bro, you to come on and us to squeeze the time in while you're, you're about to do SmackDown. Number number one, I'd love to have all the boys at the Nashville one day. AJ, I'd love for you to be on the bus. I'd love to smoke a stogie on the bus, talk your journey, talk all the good mm. stuff, have a lot of fun with you guys. But, yeah, Pat, I mean, I said it on the podcast, man. You've been uh, – your whole team, like the way you guys run everything has been such an instrumental, like, influence on the way we do stuff, bussing. Not only with bussing, but me personally, like when I'm starting and trying to get bussing off the ground – and I'm looking for ways to kind of be obsessed with busting. Okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? When you signed with uh, DAZN, I hope I'm not butchering that, but the the DAZN. DAZN, DAZN. I mean, it was right. tough to say the name. And the way you're, the way you're doing clips and do, working social media and everything else, it's just been such an influence on what we've done over here at the bus. And to have you on, you're somebody who I'm sure there's what, probably like Aaron Rodgers, 75,000 people watching right now. But you're yeah, somebody course, who... Yeah. Thing. You're somebody who is entertaining the masses on a daily basis for several hours at a time. You're talking about everybody else's headlines. You're talking about all the hot topics. You have somebody like Aaron Rodgers come on weekly. You're in the headlines now with your show. Um, and so for you to come on and be able to talk to you and talk about your journey, and you get to talk a little bit about how this all came together and remind people how this has been such an incredible, like an insane journey. Um, I think it's been awesome, man. It, it's you know, I'd love to have you on again, obviously. Oh, well, you're the best, dude. And obviously, AJ needs to get on there because I couldn't even fathom how he would. You should see him on some of these network shows. Yeah. AJ oh. goes on some of these network shows. It's absurd. It yeah, is. It's a whole different AJ. Yeah. Breaking news. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. They're going to play good sound football, you know, like, but on that bus. <laughs> it had such a good AJ. Time. You coming to smoke a cigar on the bus? You're going to have a stogie with the boys. Here we go. Yeah, you allowed to smoke on that bus? Hell yes, bro. Well, I guess Pat was on there. It should be. I, I should know it's okay. <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, we talked yeah, about yeah. that a hey, little o- bit, too. Ocho Cinco lit one up when we were on the bus. So He has, yes, he has his own cigar, doesn't he? He does. I know Ray Lewis does as well. Yeah, I, I, hey, man, I, I look forward to it. I'd love to come down. I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. You and Taylor are an awesome little mix of both of you. Your personalities, I think, match up very well. I concur completely. You guys fucking kill it. I'm a big fan. I was very lucky to be in there. I know the boys have some questions. If that's cool, Will, I don't know how long this uh, connection's going to go. It's not your fault. It's this... Are you guys getting a bunch of shit today? We're getting, like, ice in, like, 12 inches, allegedly, today. Is that happening in Nashville? I'm surprised you haven't heard it, but uh, yeah, it's raining hard as hell outside of this yeah. ship right now. Yeah, I still, we got the same type of situation. I actually looked up at your <laughs> roof and I was like, oh, that's our roof as well. I said that is not conducive to sound. Will, Will, you ever go to Kid Rock's house? I heard he has a palatial yes. estate out there. AJ. I, have, I haven't made it out to Kid Rock's <laughs> house, dude. I, I met him one time. I called him Bobby and I said, 
I think I quoted Joe Dirt, and he kind of just looked at me like, oh, one of these guys. <laughs> and I haven't really heard from him since. Well, he could have responded to you in a v- yeah. various yeah. amount of ways. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. we've yeah. seen that, obviously. Go ahead, Ty, please. Will, with doing the show now more and kind of diving into it, uh, not a, I don't want to say it's your full-time gig, but and when you go to these teams and sometimes you get let go and then brought back, have you thought more about like how much longer you want to play in the NFL and kind of – dedicate everything to busting with the boys or like what's that process like where you just kind of always have to be ready in case you get another shot yeah i mean the balance has been harder like uh because we started in 2019 that year i ended up going to the raiders last year yeah it was the titans this year was the raiders so each year it's gotten harder with like the balance of it because as you get older being a a young 32 now any gms i know coaches gms ian he probably watches i'm a young 32 still (laughs) yeah yeah Um, come on come on you still got it Oh, oh yeah. I still got juice now. Check the tape. Check the tape, man. Hey, the, we had a, the eye in the, the sky don't lie, okay? Let that motherfucker talk for me. That's right, dude. That's right. But uh, it just, dude, it gets harder to continue to train and, like, pour into. And, again, I was talking about this with Pat on the show. But it's hard to, like, pour into a sport that needs so much. Like, it's a process that deserves everything. And it gets harder to give that process everything when you're built, like when we're in doing bus with the boys, we're trying to travel the bus to these college towns. Now and we're obviously picking up steam this past year that we just had. And uh, I'm getting really like into it, man. I'm getting really obsessed with doing it, uh, getting into our personalities, building the bus, getting guests on. And to do that, it take that takes a lot of time as well. So it's kind of hard to balance it too. I do think about it all the time. My wife, she's like, Whenever I went out to play for the Raiders this year, she was like, yeah, I, you know, I knew when you said you were retiring, you, you know, you said that for like the last three years. But anytime you get a shot to go play, man, and balance both and juggle both, especially in kind of the role that I'm in, I feel like I can kind of do that. Um, and I feel like it kind of just helps the brand at the end of the day. So speaking on year 10, there could always be a year 10. You never know. Hey, 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 hey. A lot. hey I called him earlier. He was training. Caught him earlier. He was training. Full sweat. Getting ready. Nice, nice before, before this season even ends, the boy's already getting after it. I mean, I mean he's go. ready to go cover some kicks, make some plays. And that punt set, ooh, straight ooh. back on a line. I saw it when I was down there. That, hey, that post hand too, dude. <laughs> go ahead, Dick. Excuse me, Mr. Boy. Um, your time with the... <laughs> Your time with the Manders in Washington, you had Jay Gruden as your head coach, and then you had Vrabel, and we've seen Jay on a sidewalk. Which one of those two could drink the under other under a table? Friends. You know, I haven't uh, I've been drink with either of them, but I've seen one drink. I have not that one. You know, I, I've witnessed Jay Gruden. I think that you know, there's videos out there. Um, <laughs> I haven't been around Vrabel, but I've heard stories. And I don't think I would bet against Vrabel. Yes. Just, again, he's like an Ohio boy. And he's probably one of those aggressive drunks, too. So <laughs> I don't... I don't think uh, I don't think I'd bet against Vrabel and who could drink who under the table. I love the fact that you are echoing the sentiments that I've tried to say on this show a lot. Like when you meet somebody from Ohio, you know exactly about them. Like AJ is. He is Ohio. This guy is a FIFO, a fucking idiot from Ohio is how other people describe it. But it is an awesome tribe of people, Will. It is an awesome tribe of people from Ohio. Oh, bro, they're all about it, man. Like, they they have the cult wrestling following. Like, they're just all backwoods, just blue-collar grinders. Hey, AJ, are you, are you, a, are you an aggressive drunk? 
Uh, I am not actually, but I <laughs> I can say Braves. Yeah, Bra- I wouldn't bet against Braves in anything. But I'm I don't think Tell I'm a, I'm aggressive drunk. Hey, they told AJ told me the story about Braves, and I I don't know if this was at the exact time AJ was there. I don't know how much older Braves is or whatever. There's a story about you know college conditioning is a fucking nightmare. Everybody knows college conditioning is a nightmare. I guess Braves would show up literally with smoking cigs and dips in his mouth. Just got done, and then he would win. The, the sprints and talk shit to everybody the entire time. 20 gassers. He'd show up at the 6 a.m. Run, 6 a.m. run group and win all 20 gassers against and, all of us current players. And he was, by the way, he was not 100% sober, we don't think, from the night <laughs> yeah. before, is how I was told the story. And he's beating the players. He's a coach at this time. He's a savage. And yeah, he, was a player. He, he was in the league at the time. He's an absolute savage. Like, he, he will not Rable? lose. Yeah. Jesus. Hey. That is nuts, man. Hey, and I do want to clarify something up. And we're not talking about the aggressive drunk like you get violent, like although that could happen. I'm talking about the loud. They get louder as the night goes on. They're they're grabbing you and kind of tossing you around and kind of want to wrestle you in a way. Oh, you're saying they're they're face to face potentially, oh, yeah. with like uh-huh. like maybe somebody else talking shit to each other. That's what you're saying, like those types of guys. Yes, they just get rowdy, man. You you guys have probably been around the wrestlers before when they Oh the Ohio's, yeah, the Ohioans. The Ohio's they got they'll probably wear a bandana on, their shirts will be off, there'll be no chicks at the house, but they'll just be ready to like rip the front yard. I mean, yeah, you're you're not lying. Yeah, that's all right. Ohio's <laughs> was awesome. Great parties, uh, great time. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, well, speaking of Washington, uh how do you feel about the commander's new name? How are we not going to call him commies? And would you be interested in becoming a commie in your 10th year? Commander, commander. Excuse me. Dude, hey, 10th year, man, I'll play for anybody, bro. Anybody who wants to bring the bus in with the boys crew along, I'm all about playing in year 10. And, I, yes, I would be a commie. As far as how I actually feel about the name, I think it's trash. <laughs> Dude, like, you had the Wolves were out there at one point, Red Wolves. Like, you had all these cool names. And they go from the Washington football team to where the commanders, it's just, and then the jerseys, bro. It looks like any given Sunday out there. Like they look like Arizona state, like the sun devils. Oh, that's not good to be described as by former players or just people that are in the football punditry world. But I think you are not alone in that description. And they were also the name. There was a, what an AAFL team that was the name of the commanders. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. So now everybody, (laughs) their hashtag was also take command. Yeah. I'm sure this will already be clipped up and I'll be burning at the stake whenever this gets out there in front of D.C., but it's not a shot at the great fans of Washington. Dude. No, no, they're, no, they feel the same great, way you do. Amazing people. A lot of great people out there, man. I love playing for them in my five years. They were the, my first NFL team. They gave me my first shot, so I would love to be a commie. It's just my objective feeling about or my subjective feeling about the commanders listen the washington commander fan base probably likes you more after what you said there as opposed mm-hmm. to for me i put a tweet out say it's a good name and then i you know buried it a little bit and i said it's a good name people were even attacking me for even saying yeah. Yeah. it's a good name <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a lot of anger but if they win nothing else will matter that's the nfl that people don't understand if you win or if you're good nothing else matters will i agree winning solves everything dude Winning solves absolutely everything. I mean, all the stuff that we had going on with the Raiders, the Raiders are a perfect example. All the stuff that people were up and, you know, upset about when we're winning and about to be in the playoffs, that stuff kind of goes away. The uh, Titans, before I even went out to uh, Washington, or not Washington, before I even went out to Vegas, I'm talking with Taylor earlier in the year when they lost to the Jets. They had a bad loss to the Cardinals and everything else. It looked like, you know, every year when you lose, dude, it feels like you're 0 17 until you win. And then those boys go 12 and 5, and it's like everybody forgot about. 
the Chandler Jones in the Arizona Cardinal game and losing to the Jets and everything else. Winning solved absolutely everything. Why'd you bring it up? Why'd you bring it to We did forget about that. That yeah. was kind of a little bit of a, uh, you know, because I immediately thought of Taylor just being like, I don't know yeah. what the fuck happened. Uh-huh. I didn't, I, that was a complete thought out of my mind there. Wow, that, that's, that's good. Hey, I, I can only tell my experiences, man, and those are my recent 2021 experiences. Hey, listen, you speak from your heart, your mind, your experiences. That's why Bustin' with the Boys is so good. That's why I'm so thankful I got a chance to join you on there. The video will drop in 30 minutes on YouTube. The audio version's already out. Can't wait to see you again. Hopefully you get to Indy. We get down to Nashville. You're the best, man. Boys, thanks for having me. Hey, one last time for the one time. AJ Hawk! AJ Hawk! AJ Hawk! AJ Hawk! Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Will Conn. Love you, boys. You too. Thank you for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Um, you are the best. Hashtag in the pod squad. I appreciate all of you so, so much. Tweet that thing. Maybe win some merch. And we'll be back tomorrow with another big one. Hopefully. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday evening. See you manana.